0: You may be seated. All right, if you're looking for that one to add to your Christmas list, it's sung by Big Daddy Weave and it's called christ has come. Um, Big Daddy has lost some weight, which I think is funny, but <laughs> he's lost a little bit of weight, but nonetheless, yep, there you go. Um <clears throat> this is a card that we received from Pine Brook Elementary. Thanking us for uh, helping the families. Um, and it's 50 that we helped, right? Not necessarily from just Pinebrook, but nonetheless, we helped them. Um, it says, thank you from the family, students, and staff at Pinebrook Elementary. Each year, Farmington Baptist Church sponsors families for meals during the holiday season. We appreciate your support and dedication. Merry Christmas. So they even capitalized Christ in there, too. So yeah, they, they know who they're communicating to. Yeah, so that's that's good. So appreciate that that card. And um, is this the most light in the room that I can have? Yeah, my eyes must be just getting worse. Is what's happening. So I'm going to try to look at you while I'm preaching. Hey, my daughter just turned 21 yesterday. Um, yeah. He's looking for her, she 's not here. Oh, there you are it 's the eyes, man can't see the eyes, so I, okay, okay, now I can take you out and replace you. <laughs> it would be quite the shootout, okay, so um anyway, I hope everybody's ready for Christmas. I am absolutely ready for it and Bought my last gift on Tuesday. Tuesday's when I bought my last gift, so very ready for it. It's under the tree, hidden in a spot where Nicole can't find it. So, yeah, that's that. All right, we are in a series called Peace, and this is Peace 3 or The Missing Piece. And what I thought I'd start with today is um, you've heard of the Jerusalem star, right? Or the Bethlehem star or the star of Christmas and all that kind of stuff. Um, I want to I talk to you a little bit about that. I think it's an incredible thing. I think tomorrow night you should go out and you should look at it. Um, I think you need to be out about 5.30. Sun will be down. Start looking for it in the sky. If you're looking for it, um, from my vantage point, you'll just have to figure out where the moon is. The moon will be about right here. And then... Uh, Jupiter and Saturn will be in this area right here. So if you're looking and you see the moon on your left, it's just in a straight line down this way, and so you you can find it. I do want to let you know that this is something that happens about every 20 years. The the Jupiter and Saturn come into the same vicinity in our in our night sky. Um, the last time they were this close was. Just make sure I get this date right. July sixteenth, sixteen twenty three. So this happened on July back back in those those days. Every twenty years, it was sixteen twenty three. Oh, okay. So let me explain that. Okay, because I thought I said it, but maybe I didn't. About every twenty years, they come together in the sky. The closest they've ever come is July sixteenth. 1623. So they were closer than they were the other times that they've been in the sky. So that's what I meant to say. So this time, though, they're going to be just as close as they were back then. So that's what makes the bright star in the sky, the the Christmas sort of star. Um, I think you need to know, because I saw a post on Facebook that said, uh, 2020, star is coming, and it's the same one that the wise men followed. I want to let you know, it is not the same one the wise men followed. That star was a one-time occurrence, it seems to be, according to Scripture, and didn't follow the rotation of the earth. I don't know if you know this or not, but everything goes in one direction to us. Oh, shake your come on. I know I'm right on this, right? That star actually went differently and especially it went north to south at one particular point in scripture and so that was a special star for a special moment now i don't the next thing i'm going to say i don't know if you can really validate this or not but i've read up on this and egypt actually has that star on their walls as a phenomena on their walls they have it drawn on the walls i've never seen that i've seen the picture of it Might be true, might not be true. But the fact of the matter is it was a one-time occurrence. But I think it's neat that it's happening on the 21st. I think it's neat that everybody's talking about Christ. I think we're gonna go out and look at it tomorrow night. I'm gonna drag my telescope out and look and see what it's all about. And so, so very exciting. So get out at about 5.30. Start looking up in the sky and, and you'll find it. Moon, Jupiter, Saturn. Everybody good? All right, great. By the way, Just a little trivia for you. Jupiter travels around the sun in 12 years. Now, there's constellations. There are 12 constellations that we base our uh, calendar off of. Jupiter, each year that it goes around the sun, spends one year in each one of those constellations. Did you know that? Yeah. Saturn, it takes 29 and a half years for it to go around the sun. So... Just a little trivia, just in case you're playing Trivia Pursuit, because I know you all love that game. That said, I would like you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. This is where we're going to be reading today And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. In other translations, it's goodwill to men. Verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Now, Nicole read from Isaiah chapter 9 a few moments ago before we sang Christ has come. And in verse 6, it says, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So way back, Isaiah prophesied that this baby would be born, and he was. It's documented in Luke chapter two. He was born in a manger and he was there. In Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14, it even tells you that he would be born in of a virgin. So prophecy many years before was fulfilled when Jesus Christ was born. We can see that it was fulfilled. We can see that it actually happened. The angels though here says that glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Has anybody experienced 2020? You read this, peace on earth unto us a child is born. And if you're looking at circumstances and circumstantial peace, it doesn't exist in 2020. We we started the year, we were already in political turmoil, right? We're already gearing up for an election. People are throwing stuff at each other, slamming each other, all that kind of stuff. And then we hit March and then there's a virus. The world has gone crazy with this virus and everybody's scared and there's no peace. There's no peace with it. There's a lot of people just unsettled. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but... London is shut down currently. So there's places in the world that's shutting down because of this thing, so there isn't peace. If you think through your life and the way that you've lived, there's some of us that haven't had relational peace. There's some of us that haven't had peace at work. There just doesn't seem to be peace on earth. It it doesn't seem to exist. Where is the peace? Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And then the angels say, Um, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Peace to the earth, goodwill toward men. Where is the peace? So these shepherds that get this message from these angels, they go into Bethlehem and they see the Christ child. The Christ child isn't being held by Mary. The Christ child isn't being held by Joseph. The Christ child is in a manger. Wrapped in swaddling clothes because that was their sign. So that's how they saw it. So they come in and they tell Mary and they tell Joseph, I'm sure, I'm just making this part up. There's no scripture. I'm just thinking they had a conversation. Is that fair enough? Some sort of conversation. Why are you here? Well, there was this angel that told me to come in, that told us to come into town, Right? And they said that he would be wrapped in swathing clothes and laying in a manger. So we look for a cave, we look for a place where animals were and and lo and behold, boom, we found you. They did not follow a star, okay? That's wise men, that's later. So they come in and they see this and they're exchanging the story and they say, yeah, they said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men or peace among those whom he is pleased. Well, Mary and Joseph is sitting over here And if there's anybody in the world at that period of time that God is pleased with, it's those two. You might debate me on that, but you'll lose. Because God chose Mary to carry his son. So he is very pleased with her, he is very pleased with Joseph. And so, circumstantially, peace on earth goodwill to the people that God is pleased with. And here's Mary and Joseph. And I don't know if you know the story, but it hadn't been peaceful. It hasn't been peaceful. Mary received word nine and a half, 10 months ago, somewhere in that area, that she's gonna have a child and call his name Emmanuel and it's gonna be virgin born. Joseph's not gonna have any part of it. So she has this, Right? And um, she, goes see, she goes and sees Elizabeth and she has a good time, but then she goes back to uh, Joseph and Joseph realizes that she's pregnant. And immediately the circumstances were no longer peaceful because Joseph is over here thinking, oh my goodness, I don't know what she did with her cousin Elizabeth but it wasn't good. And now I'm going to have to put her away. I love her, but this is, really, this is really hard for me. And so Joseph is like, what am I going to do with Mary? She has cheated on me. She has been with another man because I don't know if you know this or not, that's how it works. And so she, she's doing this and Mary's over here wondering what Joseph is going to do. Is Joseph really going to be the one that's going to walk with her all the way through this? Or is it going to be someone else? What is going to happen? And immediately they do not have peace in their circumstances at all. Well, an angel appears to Joseph and tells Joseph, hey, what Mary is telling you is true. It is going to be virgin board. And you call his name Emmanuel. And Joseph's just fine with that. He said, all right, great. That's good. However, there's a community involved, a community that looks down on people. And, you know, it is wrong, down on people who have a baby out of wedlock. So these two people that tried to live according to God's plan are now living in a society that they are thinking, oh, Joseph and her, you know, before they were married, this is, you know, and they're looking down on them. So there's circumstantial unrest. To top it all off, she is nine months pregnant. Nine months, third trimester. Right, Haley? Third trimester, okay? Haley is about to have hers, not right now, but in, in just a few days, she, she'll, she'll be blessed with a little boy. So nine months, and Joseph comes to her one day and says, Honey, I don't, uh, we have to leave Nazareth, and we have to travel down to Bethlehem, and you are going to ride a donkey. But Joseph, do we really have to, yes, we have to go because we're being taxed, I have to go there. So she is nine months pregnant, riding on a donkey, nine months pregnant. I've never been pregnant, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't a lot of fun. Joseph is leading the donkey like this right here, right? Do you have to go to the bathroom again? Quit drinking the water, it's not the water, he's sitting on my, no, you're, okay, so we have to find a place for her to use the bathroom. I mean, oh my goodness, the trip was not very nice. As she gets closer, more than likely, she's having contractions. Okay, that's how this goes. I, I could have a class later, that's how this goes. She's having contractions. So they get to town and they go up to this first place hoping that they could stay there. Well, everybody's there, they can't find a room and they go to the next one, can't find a room, can't find a room, can't find a room, can't find a room. And finally, there's this guy that says, I have no room, but what I do have is a cave out back that you can actually have the child in. A cave, yeah, it's where we keep all the animals, the animals. So Mary goes to a dirty, a dirty animal barn to have her child. And she did it without an epidural. (laughs) Lord, why couldn't you let her just be, have the kid in 2020? All because there's a virus and she, okay, no, okay. Well, in this modern time where she could have something that would relieve pain, no, she had it naturally and it was very painful. It was very unrestful. So she's in a place that she didn't dream of ever having her first child. The circumstances are not what they're supposed to be. And she has this kid and she has to wrap him in swaddling clothes and lay him in a manger. Joseph, make sure that manger's clean, please. Okay, I'll I'll wash it out with water. They did the best they could. They put hay in it, I guess, and they, because that's all the pictures, you know. And they put the baby in the manger. They put him in the manger and they're sitting there absolutely exhausted, if you were not exhausted after you had your kid, you had good drugs. They're exhausted. And so these shepherds come in and say, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, those who are, are favored by God. And, you know, Mary and Joseph could have sat there and said, well, I, would ha- I don't want to be favored by God anymore. So you fast forward a little bit and you think through this, peace on earth, and they don't really have peace because of all this stuff happening. And then Uh, These wise men come in, they go see Herod, they come see him. And then in a dream that Joseph has, the angel tells him that Herod's gonna come and kill all the kids under age two. And so you need to pack up right now all of your belongings and go to Egypt. And so they packed up all their belongings and they lived as fugitives from Herod in Egypt. It was not peaceful What in the world does this mean? Peace on earth to those who God highly favors. Where is the peace? I guarantee you that there's people in this room right now that are wondering where the peace is. I haven't had peace forever. All my circumstances are bad. I think I'm getting through something. I get a good report and then I get a bad report. I'm afraid to go to my job because if some, if I'm, remotely around somebody that has COVID, I have to be quarantined like they are for 14 days. I mean, where is the peace in all of that? Well, I guess it's the peace in the quarantine because you don't see anybody, but that isn't real peace either. So we, we have the situation where there's people in this room and they're struggling with other things other than a virus. They're struggling with relational issues. They're struggling with family issues. They're struggling with bill issues. They're struggling with job issues. You're struggling with, you know, you can just list it. Your, your, your parents aren't in the health that they used to be. You don't know what to do with your children because they're, they're going different places, and there just doesn't seem to be peace. Where in the world is this peace? And here Mary and Joseph pick up, and they go, and they live as fugitives in Egypt. Now, somewhere along the way, one of them, either Mary or Joseph, it dawned on them financially what had just happened a few days ago. See, these um, wise men came in and they didn't give a blanket, right? They didn't give diapers. They didn't give food. These men gave frankincense, gold, and myrrh. And at the time that they presented Mary and Joseph those gifts, they were very thankful for them because they were very kingly gifts. They knew that God had had a plan somehow. But if they're anything like we are, they would be wondering, "What am I gonna use the golden... Are you tracking? What are we gonna use this for? On the way down, either Joseph or Mary, it dawned on them. Oh my goodness. God has supplied our need. We can now get to Egypt and get a place to stay and actually have money to survive in Egypt while we're away from Herod. So they they do that and then eventually they come back to, to Nazareth and they live there. How in the world did Mary and Joseph keep peace inside of them when their whole world was falling apart, when they were not getting deliverance? The deliverance that you and I normally look for in our lives. We pray for God to come and deliver us from this this sickness, this this issue, this tension. We pray for God to come and deliver us. How in the world did they have peace inside of us, inside of them? How do we have peace inside of us? I submit to you this morning that Christians, Christians in general, often look for deliverance rather than peace. They think that deliverance from our environment is what will bring them peace and it's just not going to happen. When this world has a nation that conquers another nation, there is never peace involved in that. It may feel like peace, the winning side might have peace, but it's not real peace. And Mary and Joseph being delivered from from their trials, being delivered from their circumstances, and God just magically making it better and, and giving them something good is not the peace that Jesus Christ was born to give you and I. It's not the peace. We are looking for peace in all the wrong places. We are looking for something that that really isn't going to exist. We are looking for the wrong answer when we say, where is the peace? We're looking for the wrong answer. The right answer is something totally different. The right answer is that Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. And his peace is not of this world. It is something more solid and something different than all of that it's a peace inside of us that every christian has and should tap into and should live with if you're wondering how mary made it all the way down and how they picked up immediately and went all the way it's because they had a peace inside of them their circumstances was falling apart but they were holding the prince of peace come on Their circumstances was falling apart, but they were holding the Prince of Peace. You and I have that same person inside of us because we're Christians. And when our circumstances are falling apart and the world is just in turmoil all around us, we hold on to tightly the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords, the one that was born in a manger that saved our souls, that accepted us into his family. We hold on to that peace inside of us. So what is the path of peace then in a world that's falling apart? How do we get to this very unnatural peace, this very spiritual peace, this peace that only comes from God? Well, step one, you start a relationship with Jesus. If you do not have peace inside of you and you cannot find it and you have never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior, you will never find true peace until you accept him as your savior and begin a relationship with him. That is the first step. You can't even go down the path of peace unless you're a Christian. You can't even go down the path of peace unless you've asked forgiveness for your sins and made peace with God. Through Jesus Christ on the cross, you cannot have peace unless you have Jesus inside of you, unless he has saved your soul, unless he's living right there, relational peace. In the Bible, we have the story of Cain and Abel. Abel chose to have faith in God, and so he had peace inside. And Cain did not have peace inside because he wanted to do things his own way. So what wound up happening is because he didn't have peace with God, he killed his brother. Maybe the reason that you don't have relational peace with other people is because you don't have relational peace with Jesus Christ, the one that created you, the one that saved you. And you will never have relational peace with other people until you receive Jesus Christ as your savior. it, it, It can't happen. It cannot happen. You cannot have peace inside of you. And so salvation It is amazing the peace that comes to your soul when you know that your sins are atoned for, that you do not have to take the punishment for your sin, that someone else out of his grace and his mercy did that for you on a cross. He took the punishment for you on the cross and he did not stay dead. He rose three days later so that you could have life, so that you could have peace inside of you, so that you could hold on to that peace and have the stability you need in a fallen decaying, troublesome world, peace inside of you, a peace that's not here, that's not what the world offers, but it's what God gives you. So salvation. Second, you got to follow God. You have to follow God. You see, who's going to be office, in office in our country? It's not going to be bring peace inside of you. If you're following that and trying to be happy with that, that's not going to help you. But following God is going to bring you peace. When you follow God, follow His word, and live according to the way He wants you to live, that is what brings you peace. You follow Him. You see, you are following something. You are following something. Some people are following the news and they're reacting to what the news says. They will follow the news before they follow Jesus and his peace. Some people follow the bottle. They drink the bottle and drink it and drink it and drink it until they're detached from reality. And the bottle is what's controlling them. Some people go to other substances I'm not even familiar with. If you give me Tylenol. Um, anyway, that doesn't matter. Follow other substances to bring their life peace so that they can somehow escape from what's happening over here and they can escape and have a moment where none of that is, is here. That is not peace, but that's controlling them. You may have family members that are controlling you. You may have a boss that's controlling you. You are being controlled by someone And your reactions are the fruit of whoever's controlling your mind. So you're listening to these people and then there's fruit from it. And if that fruit isn't peace, you're not following Jesus. See, when you and I follow God, we have peace. And that peace is a fruit in our life. It comes out of our life. It is something that is in our life. The path to peace is not a peaceful world. The path to peace is salvation and following God. That's the path to peace. That's where you hold onto it. There's some people in this room right now that have a lot of guilt and shame on their shoulders for stuff that they did in their life previously. They live with it. The enemy constantly reminds them of what they've done and it weighs on their shoulders. And it weighs so much that they get to the place where they think, well, God can't use me because I did this. God can't use me because I lived this way. If you're on the path to peace, if you have salvation, you're a child of God and you're following him, it's time to let go of the guilt and shame. If you've asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of those sins, he has done that. He does not hold it against you. He's not gonna hold it against you in the future. You are free. And some Christians need to let go of the shame. They need to let go of the guilt and they need to leave it in their past and they need to grab onto the peace of Jesus and go forward with the peace of Jesus. Jesus is not still condemning you for what you've done. He did that 2,000 years ago and it was more than sufficient, more than sufficient. So you grab a hold of that and you let go of that guilt and that shame. Peace inside of you. We don't talk a lot about the kingdom of God. We, we mention it every now and then, but we really haven't dug into what the kingdom of God is. But when it comes to peace, I think it's very, very relevant for us to talk about it a little bit. In Scripture, um, it says that the kingdom of God is like a seed that grows. It's planted in the ground, and it grows up as a tree, and it's, it's really strong as it grows. And there's other plants around it, right, that are of this world, but it's a tree that grows. And the kingdom of God actually grows inside of you. This means that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of peace because it's led by the Prince of Peace, and it's inside of you. So what has to happen is that you grab a hold of this piece and then it needs to ooze out of you. It is something that you live with. It's something that grows out of you and becomes a fruit outside of you. That's what it is. And so so the piece is inside and I'm grabbing a hold of it and I'm being stabilized by it. and, And I get kind of a concrete essence about me because I'm peaceful on the inside. I'm not in turmoil. See, many times because of what's happening outside of us, inside of us, we're we're in turmoil and we're fearful and we're, we have all this anxiety and, and we're, just, we're just scared, right? But peace inside of you is something that's very stable. Mary and Joseph had that, very stable. And so you grow it, it grows inside of you and then it creates a culture around you of peace. For instance, when you have an argument with whoever you have an argument with, if you are grabbing a hold of peace and it's oozing out of you, your argument will look different than if you're allowing anger and frustration to grow inside of you and reacting according to that. So the peace would be a way to handle a conflicted situation in a peaceful way. In other words, you don't say stuff you shouldn't have said. When peace is in control of you. When anxiety when like frustration and and you're just upset, you will say things that you shouldn't say because that is what's controlling you at that moment. But you say, Philip, man, I I have so much trouble with peace. I just can't seem to have peace in my heart. You just can't seem to do it. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you have anxiety? Yeah. you have frustration? Yeah. Is that easy to have? Yes. Guess what? Anxiety and worry and frustration comes from the same place inside of you that peace does. If you can have anxiety and frustration, you can choose to have Peace. It's your choice. It comes from the same spot. The reason you don't have it is you're choosing not to have it. Jesus is inside of you, you need to choose it. Well, Philip, you know, that just takes faith. Right, it does take faith. But I'm so scared. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Is it easy for you to fear and become scared? The answer to that question is yes. It's very easy. At any moment, I could hear something, and I could get scared and fearful. Well, fear is the opposite of faith. Or I might say it this way, it's misdirected faith. See, when you have fear, you are believing that the thing that is bad that might happen will happen, and you're sure that it's going to happen. And so you fear it. You're scared of it. And it controls your actions. It controls the way you live. And so you've tapped in to a different sort of faith. It's a negative faith. It is, it is, the, it is the opposite of faith, of what faith should be. And so if you can fear and if you can be scared, you can also have faith. You can dial that back and say, no, I'm not gonna have faith in my circumstances being bad. I'm gonna have faith in Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace and Lord of Lords. He is going to give me the stability to get through whatever this is. Are you tracking? So here's Mary and Joseph. They're like, oh my goodness. The angel said what? And Joseph said, the angel said, um, Herod's coming to kill all the kids and he wants us to leave. And Mary and Joseph, instead of being scared, followed God's direction and left town. They did not leave town because they were fearful, they left town because God told them to leave town. You see the difference? So fear and faith, if you can fear, you can dial that back and have faith. Faith is totally, totally different. Path to peace is allowing the kingdom of God to grow inside of you and come out. So at home, at my house, at your house, we can create peaceful environments if we just choose to. That does not mean that it's an environment that doesn't have conflict. It does not mean that it's an environment that is always happy-go-lucky, but it is an environment of peace. We're going to handle this in a peaceful way. We're going to handle this in the right sort of way. Peace. Jesus Christ gave us a little message while he was here. And it's just the most exciting message ever when you first read it, okay? So are you ready? Ready for this? All right. Check this out. John 16, I have said these things to you, that's Jesus, that in me, in who? In Jesus, you may have peace. He did not say in the world. He said in Jesus, you will have peace. A peace that's not of this world. It's only in Jesus. And then he says this, in the world, you will have, say it, tribulation Wait a minute. Wait wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I thought we would have peace, not tribulation. No, Jesus is honest. He doesn't lie. So Jesus is telling you that you're going to have trouble in this world. You're going to have tribulation in this world. 2020 is not going to be the only bad year on earth. You will have trouble. Don't you just love Jesus? His brute honesty. He's not in it to like make you feel good and give you, you know, and ah, and flowers and snow and Hallmark movies. <laughs> not in it for that. He's saying, In the world you will have tribulation. You will have it. But then he says, But take heart, I am. Have overcome the world. There's going to be tribulation outside of you. It's going to be bad. It's going to bring you concern. But remember this. I'm inside of you. I'm the Prince of Peace. Hold on to me because I have overcome the world. There is nothing you can't conquer in this life. There is nothing you can't get through. There is nothing you need to be worried about. There is nothing you need to have anxiety over. There is nothing you need to be like, oh, there's nothing about this life that can take you down because the power that is outside of you is not greater than the power that is inside of you. I have overcome the world. When you walk out of here today, you walk out of here thinking I have overcome the world because Jesus has overcome the world and he is my peace. If I get sick, it's because he wanted me to get sick. And I am going to get through that because a virus is not more powerful than the one that's inside of me. If the president changes, cause you know, some people say that blah, 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 blah. Okay, If the president changes, there is nothing that God can do to me to overcome me, he can make all kinds of executive orders. He can do anything he wants to in his governmental power, but he cannot get me down because he that is in me has overcome the world and is greater than his power. In fact, the person that's sitting in that position, my God put him there and can take him out at any moment he wants to. And there must be a reason that he is there And so I'm gonna grab a hold of that peace inside of me and say, it doesn't matter who's president. It doesn't matter who's in Congress. It doesn't matter if we have, sorry, our governor. I have a pet name for him. Sorry about that. (laughs) Just, that's the soapbox thing over here. Just don't, it doesn't matter who our governor is. He is not more powerful than he that lives inside of me. I have peace that is way beyond what this world can offer me. And I can have peace when my world is at peace outside and I can have the same level of peace when it's falling apart. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So, you need to turn your Bibles to... John chapter 20. There's some of you in here that are saying, I've looked for peace and I've looked for peace and I've looked for peace inside of me and I just can't find it. Everything's falling fallen away from me. Everything's falling and it just, I just cannot find peace. I'm, I, just inside of me, I just don't have it. I, I just don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. I cannot find it. I cannot find it at all where is it at Philip where is it at well in John chapter 20 verse 19 this is an amazing passage of scripture um, this is after the resurrection there's been rumors that people have seen Jesus right but the disciples are in an upper room and they've locked the door because they're scared for their life They've locked the door. They're scared for their life. They've heard rumors of a resurrection. They really don't want to believe it. They can't believe it. They they can't bring themselves to believe it. And so they're not at peace. They're scared to death in this upper room. And in John chapter 20, verse 19, it says this. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were For fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Fear makes you lock doors, fear makes you retreat, fear makes you shiver. Fear makes you wonder if you're going to live the next day. Fear closes you in. Fear robs you of peace. And you can lock all the doors you want to. But Jesus will find a way to bring you peace. I can't find it. You don't have to. Jesus is with you. I've retreated and I'm so scared and all this stuff is happening. Jesus is in the room. You cannot lock him out of your life. You cannot get rid of him. He hasn't left you just because you're scared. He's inside of you saying, hey, peace be with you. You've locked me out but you can't lock me out, I'm still in. Peace be with you, peace be with you. It's going to be okay. I'm in control, I've got this. I am alive and working in the world in ways that you do not understand. Do not fear people, have peace. Do not fear the world falling apart and the tribulation in the world, have peace. You cannot lock Jesus out. Isn't that great? Yes. When I'm in my moment where I'm just scared and I'm anxiety and worry and I just can't find peace, don't worry about it. I can't find Jesus. Don't worry about it. He's found you. Last week, we talked about Elijah who had a great moment, right? And then he had his life threatened and he ran south. And I said, Jesus ran with him. Yeah. Yeah because you can't outrun Jesus. He's with you. He went all the way to a cave and hid out in a cave. Guess who was in the cave? God. Jesus wants you to have peace. Unto you, a child is born. Unto you, a son is given. And his name is wonderful. Counselor, almighty God. Prince of peace, peace, peace. Let your hearts not be troubled. Trust in Jesus and have peace, have peace. If you're missing peace in your life, it's only because you're missing Jesus. you're missing peace in your life, it's only because you're missing Jesus. And if Mary and Joseph can hold it together enough to pack up a baby, a baby bag, a little thing you push the baby in, diapers, formula, I'm having a little fun here. They can do that, hold it together to pack up all their belongings and go to Egypt and still have Peace. You can have the same peace too, because it's available to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for this. I know. but not as well as you know. There are people that have listened to this message this morning and they're struggling with finding peace. There's some people in this room that are scared that they're gonna harm someone else. And that is the fear that holds them back. There are people that think that because of events that happened in their past, that they'll happen again if they aren't more careful. So they have anxiety and worry over that. Because instead of trusting you and your plan and your peace, you're putting a lot of faith into theirs. You're allowing an event in the past to control the way they react to today and I pray Father that your peace will flood their hearts and they'll let go of that they'll let go of that control and they'll hold you tightly there are people in this room that have relational issues with people they just never seem to find the peace in that relationship and inside they, they've done thing after thing after thing after thing to try to get those relationships back together and they just feel like a failure because it just hasn't worked out the way that they wanted it to work out. Well, that is a control thing. I pray, Father, they'll let go of that, that they'll hold you tight as the Prince of Peace and Lord of Lords have peace inside of them, knowing that the world outside will still be in trouble, but they'll have the peace that they need to make it through the next moment and to properly see those relationships in a brand new light. Father, I pray for the people in the room that has loved ones that are sick and they're really concerned about them and they're worried about them. For that parent that's worried about the child that doesn't seem to be doing what's right, that parent that wakes up at night and they're crying and they're pleading to you to work, give them wisdom so that they can parent correctly and and save their child. I pray, Father, that by the power of Your Holy Spirit, You'll calm their hearts and allow them to grab a hold of Your peace, so that they can see in wisdom and in your knowledge, what they need to do next. So that peace that is within them will surround them in such a way it creates an environment of peace so that they can deal with their child in a better way. I pray for the people that are scared of their jobs or they're scared of this happening or they're they're worried about this and that and the other. I pray, Father, they'll let that go and they'll tap into faith and they'll tap into peace. And it will calm their souls. It will calm them on the inside. That way, when they look at the world that's falling apart, they can do it more like a tree that's grown up rather than a weed. So Father, I pray for your spirit to work in our hearts. And anytime we, we go into anxiety, anytime we go into worry, anytime we start giving ourselves a hard time, anytime we have our insides in turmoil, that somehow you would just reach down and remind us of Mary and Joseph. The peace and the stability that they had to follow you with all their hearts even when they were fugitives and even when they were ridiculed for what was happening they still had peace inside that they were yours and that you were working things out for not only their good but the good of the entire world so thank you for the message of Christmas peace on earth and that peace starts inside of us and we're thankful so we ask all these things we pray in Jesus name Amen let's stand and sing I'll pray for you if you need me to um, as we do this